What's going on, folks? Welcome to another episode of the Knicks Wall Podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Maggio. Uh, do not have my co-host, Mike Cortez, today. Uh, so I brought in a couple of special guests. I have Aaron and Sean from TKW. What's going on, guys? Not much, man. Just hanging in there, chilling. Not much. Hey. Thrilled to be here, actually. So, you know, very excited. Got to shake that off a little bit, but right. very excited. Yeah, so, uh, you know, normally under better circumstances, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like 2020 started, and I felt like we got off on the right foot, and then uh, Kobe untimely passed away there. And then uh, I feel like everything went off the rails since. So it does feel a little bit silly having a next podcast in the current climate. It does feel a little bit silly having an NBA podcast in the current climate. But uh, these are the times that we live in, and they are rapidly and aggressively changing day to day, it seems like. So... Uh, we somehow have to get back to sports in a couple of months is what I keep reminding myself. There's like 53, 52 days until the NBA is slated to return. And it just doesn't feel like even that might be enough time. You know, it just feels like, I don't know. Just 50 States are protesting right now. 50 States. And we're we're talking about basketball. It's like sometimes you got to put things in perspective, man. Like it's it, it sucks. It sucks. It's a good thing to see people protesting, you know. But it's yeah, like no, for sure. It's like the circumstances of the situation suck, and you know, yeah, we it's tough to discuss basketball at a time like this because it's like in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter, especially not right now. But like you said, it's really nice to see, like, because the circumstances suck, but this had to happen, you know, this should have happened, you know? So it's like, I'm glad that it's happening and I'm glad it's happening now. I'm glad people are coming together, that there seems to be a general consensus. And I'm also glad that the people who are standing on the other side are simply revealing themselves. It makes it easier when you can see it. So um, that, that's been refreshing, I guess. Um, It's really wild and crazy like some of the things that i see when i pick my phone up and like you know it's like it's real like you know it's the reality like our reality continues to evolve and i don't even know where it's headed that's the crazy part right like there's really there's really no judging where it's gonna go and how everything's been and like like you guys have said this year just started the decade it already feels like it's a decade it's only half the half of 2020 like who knows what the other half of 2020 is going to be. But yeah, just, just, it did have to happen. This, this now had to happen now. Like this is probably the best time for it to happen, unfortunately, but we all, a lot of people losing jobs, a lot of people this. So a lot of people's main focus is this. Like, you have to pay attention. Right. So if it was sort of react, like quote unquote reality where everything was normal, this may be in the back burner, like a lot of things have happened, but since everything's happened, it's put what the, the key focus on this, which is good. And, and 
just it just feels good. It's refreshing, like like Sean said, to see people reveal themselves, whether it's for better or for worse. Yeah, and I don't know. So I mean, I got like two notes here, and and I think the first part was. I think a lot of people are waking up, obviously, and I, that that to me is is good, and it also bothers me a little bit. Um, obviously, it's better than the alternative, and it's better than people not listening and waking up. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But it bothers me a lot because I feel like this stuff was always obviously and and very clearly articulated what the issue was. It was never like the Kaepernick stuff, for example. They love making it seem like that was ever confusing. And like, we're just now four years later coming back to like, wow, guys, it was fucking about police brutality this whole time. I had no idea. I had no idea except from his very first interview and every interview after that, when every single time you asked, he said, it's about police brutality. I had no idea. So it's like, like, okay, you know, thank you, Drew Brees, after fumbling through two apologies uh, to, to realize that it wasn't about the flag. But I mean, you knew that, right? So, I mean, you knew that. That, that's the thing that bothers me. It's like, you knew this, right? But you chose to ignore it. It's the same words. We didn't use different words this time. You just chose to ignore <laughs> it because you see people angry in the streets now. So it's like, for me, this didn't need to happen, right? And I think people are really uh, realizing the power aspect of it. Like, like you said, Aaron, like this reality we have, this is, this is an illusion that we have, this, this right, American right. lifestyle. Like, they love to make it seem like growing up, I'm a little bit angry because I feel like I was lied to growing up, coming in our school systems. They made this stuff seem like it was centuries ago and centuries ago. I don't think we realized how quickly things turned around from like the late 60s to like, okay, we're going to do mass incarceration. And then boom, okay, you guys are born. Everything's fine. There's no racism. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> we're good now. What are you talking about? We fixed it. We fixed it. There's no racism. There's no problems. Don't even pay attention. We've got this covered. Everything is totally fine. Totally fine. We got the situation. And you grow up and you realize, man, this is way worse than we thought. You guys lied to us this entire time. This, enti- this is, it's the same stuff. It's the same stuff. They just moved it. They hit it. They, they changed the wording. They, they labeled things differently. So this had to happen. And this had to happen when everybody's full focus was here. We're stuck at home. We have no sports. There are no distractions. You don't, like you said, there's not even jobs for some people. This is a record time for not having jobs. You have to pay attention whether you like it or not. And you have to be active whether you like it or not. This is the time, man. And people do have power. Look how quickly, but what sucks for me is like, think, think how hard we have to work to protest, right? To get them to just do their jobs. That's all that's being asked. That's the wildest part. <laughs> to just, to just do their jobs, right? I mean, you murdered the guy. The least you can do is charge the guy for murder. It's not like we had like a 20 second snippet of the video, which already probably would have sufficed, right? We had like a nine minute video nine, nine minutes. of clear murder. That is murder. That's a, like by the letter of the law. It's if you read second degree murder, it is word for word what you watched on video, word for word. And then they have the audacity to start it off at third degree murder. And then they're like, "Well, I don't get why people are still angry." It's like just, just do your fucking job at the beginning. Guess how many people wouldn't have been as angry in Minnesota, and your city probably wouldn't be on fire if you just looked at the cops and said, "Wow, man, murder's probably pretty bad and anti-American. You can't do this to the citizens that." Uh, that pay your salary. So uh, you're going to go to jail for a while, buddy. And then everyone would have been like, yeah, justice was served. Thank you. Go to jail. Second degree murder. Let's make sure he's convicted. And then everybody goes home happy because that's supposed to be how it goes. But 99% of cops get off. Statistically, 99% of cops get off. So what are we doing? 
the part about it that makes the least sense to me is that people can't seem to understand that. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I always say like, I feel like inability to relate shouldn't equal failure to understand. And I feel like when something is so plain and right in front of you, like you're choosing not to see it because we're not asking for a lot. Like you said, do your job. He murdered somebody. I don't know, charge him, send him to jail. Like that would have avoided a lot. They wouldn't have, but instead they'll ignore things. And the same thing with the Drew Brees comment, like nobody said anything about the flag. They asked him about what Kaepernick did and he went off about the flag and how his grandpa, grandfather was in the war and everything. And it's like, nobody asked you about that. That's not what this is about, but they shift the goalposts and they pay attention. They, they push the narrative they want to push. And then they just repeat it. Like even with the, Oh, the violence and rioters and blah, blah blah they're running through the streets mind you the videos are all of the cops running through the streets being the violent ones every but- time every t- <laughs> reporters eyeballs are exploding on camera we have reporters getting hit on camera on cnn in the face with rubber bullets or tear canisters and then there are people have the audacity while sitting home with nothing else to do to go Whew, man these protesters are vicious like what what are you watching if you don't, if you don't see it by now just like you just don't want to see it like you don't want to see it for whatever reason just because of that's how you grew up or you're just afraid to accept that this is the fucking truth i don't i don't know but it just if you don't see it by now what i'm very curious to know what you see you know what i'm saying because we're all we're all seeing this video like how are you seeing something differently you know what i'm saying it's just the thing that bothers me more, right? So like, so even if, right? So the big thing too is everyone's like, well, all lives matter, right? All lives matter. Police lives matter. We shouldn't hurt anybody, right? So if all lives matter, then isn't it anti-American to watch our fellow Americans getting slaughtered on video, right? Like, wouldn't you think that's the American right. stance? Is like, well, that's right. a, that, these are our people in our communities, right? These are taxpayers. These are people who are contributing to society. That is my fellow American getting murdered underneath the force that we pay to protect our fellow americans so no matter which way you look at it it's, it's an unpatriotic stance let alone a racist stance so to me it's like you're anti-america to begin with because why, why are you why are you pro our civilians getting murdered and then like beyond the obvious racial component right like right it's always black people getting murdered so it's like twofold it's like so you're you're standing for america but you're not but you're not and also, you hate black people. It's very clear. It's just very obvious every time. It's just very frustrating to me. Because to me, this isn't, this isn't like an awakening that's needed. It's just like if you, if you have eyeballs and you see someone getting murdered on camera, right. you should go, wow, uh, murder is bad. Not just murder, like, like any other brutality. But it's like right. the fact that we have to start and even debate that murder isn't ba- like bad is like, I, I just can't bring myself to like get over that. Like, how do you watch a guy die for 10 minutes and it's like, well... We got to see what happened before that. <laughs> yeah, but what happened before that, you know? Like, like, the, like, there is no before that. The cops are supposed to be captors, right? For nine minutes. Like, there's no for nine minutes. minutes. There's no before nine minutes. You, you caught <laughs> him. Like, you caught – this is the way I look at it. Cops are captors, right? Cap, like, and it, we can even go into what that means from the, the early rendition of what police were supposed to be, right? But in the end, they're supposed to subdue you. They're supposed to capture you, to transport you to the prison, which is already – terrible that that the american you know criminal justice system was already trash but that is supposed to be their their non-lethal job is as i caught the criminal he's gonna do ju- you know justice will be served he's, he's going down the town justice will be served right like that's, right that's, that's what's so so, to so they give you cuffs they give you they give you tasers they give you a baton they give you tear gas 
They give you zip ties. They give you rubber bolts. You can't figure out every single time, every single time, you can't figure out how to get these people to the jail. You can't figure out how to get them to the courtroom. You're not, like, you're never supposed to shoot. You're the guy that delivers the criminal to the judge to make a decision. <laughs> like, like, I don't understand why they're the, they're the transporters. They're glorified transporters, right? But they, but they do the whole spectrum of the justice system. And then everyone uh, claps for them. And then we say blue lives matter. And uh, what, like, what are we doing here? When they make all the money, 80, 90% of all the city's money across the country, while teachers have to buy their own school supplies. It just doesn't make sense for these, these grown uh, white guys to play dress up anymore. I'm very tired of it. I have been so confused over these past couple of days and weeks because every police force everywhere, every precinct in every city across the country has like the most amazing equipment, like top of the line. We couldn't get masks. We couldn't get masks for healthcare workers. We couldn't get masks for healthcare workers. We could. They, they had to share masks. They had to share scrubs. We simply could not afford it, despite us overnight making trillions of dollars to give to Americans during the stimulus package. We simply could not afford it because money is definitely real and not something we can make overnight. We could not afford it. They could not have masks, simply put. But the police have to. Have to. You got to give them the rifles. You got to give them the weapons. You got to outfit them in pretty much military gear. You have to, you just simply got to do it. You simply got to do it. <laughs> How else are you going to protect America, Sean? I mean, really, what are we, <laughs> what are we talking about here? It's, it's, it's truly amazing. Like I'm just, you know, I sit back and see all that and you know, ah, oof. okay. How spicy can I be here? I'm, <laughs> Spicy as you like. I'm honestly, really, truly, I've gotten to a point where, especially because I wrote something and I feel like writing helps me a lot because it puts my thoughts in perspective. And I feel like I was able, basically, I wrote it from the perspective, like addressing the people who don't see. And it made it more clear to me, like, basically, at this point, all lives matter simply means black lives don't. Yep. Right. Like, like when people scream, because I never hear all lives matter at any other point of the year. I never hear all lives matter ever until somebody says black lives matter. Then all right. of a sudden you got to be so concerned about all lives like, and all lives matter so much, but Flint hasn't had water and nobody says anything. Yep. So what about those lives? Like what about the lives in Flint where children are drinking water with lead? If, if all lives matter was really what they say they are, they'd be more involved in other things, but they only pop up to oppose black lives matter. My favorite. If, oh, go ahead. Uh, Aaron. If, if, if all lives matter, we wouldn't be here right now. You know what I'm saying? This like Black Lives Matter wouldn't be a chant. Like we wouldn't be protesting it if all lives really mattered. Like it, uh. no, no, it's it's true, and it's always been a counter, and it's always to me, it's always been silly because often analogies for for big things like this never really stick. And I saw some of the like, and I know you guys have seen these as soon as I start describing them, but like they've always been hilarious because every single time it's incredibly accurate and captures the premise of the situation. So it's like, there's two guys laying on the floor, right? One clearly hurts his leg. And then the other one, one guy's like, ow, my leg hurts. And then the friend helping him on the ground is like, Hey man, his leg hurts. Can you go get some help to a third guy? And then the third guy looks at him and goes like, makes a face. Like then goes, well, what about my leg? But he's standing up. Right. So then he's like, uh, the, the guys on the ground are like, all right, uh, we'll get to your leg, but can you, can you get help right now? And he's like, all legs matter. It's like, well, man, you know, it's, it's not. And then like, we saw the house one, I think we've all seen was like one of the original ones where it's like a house is on fire and one is not. And they're watering the house that's not on fire and saying all houses. Like every, t every time it's so like, to me, it's, it's like you're, you're convincing yourself 
you, it's always like racists convincing themselves using different words and terminologies, right? So all lives matter to me. It, it's it, to me, it's like the dog whistle coded stuff. The same way, like when when the banks were doing the redlining, they they would word things differently, like urban developments and things. You know, it's always been coded. It's always been coded. There's always they always just move it. Is I, that's why I hear people saying like racism's going down, it's dying. Wait for all the old people to die. They just keep moving it to different things. Exactly. That's it. It's always good. And this Difficult is what I was talking about. I was talking to my wife about this, right? And I was like, even if they defund the police, there's still mad racist white people who are in that force. Now they got nowhere to go. So then what? Like, so even if like they scale back the police, like these people still exist. That's, that's the scary thing to me, right? Yeah, like, even if you get them out of the force, like these people exist. There's people really out there who have this. It, it's really a caveman mindset. It's really a caveman mentality. Like, think about how, like, it's like you finally see someone different than you, and you're you're still this scared. This like every time, just just someone's a little bit different than you, and you're this scared. Like you're just worked up and antsy, and you don't know what to do with yourself. So you have to, yeah. I don't. Like, it, I don't it's get... it's fictions they tell themselves or or taught, and and it just keeps getting instilled, and they just make it wherever these people end up. Whether it's the banks, whether it's the police, they make rules and things that fit it and then they call it different things this is well known you know this has already been investigated they've blown the lid off of this stuff it's just silly man it's just it, it's scary but it's just very frustrating i don't mean to backtrack like yesterday i was at i was at a protest at my hometown it was probably like hundreds of people like it wasn't a, it wasn't a big crowd um it wasn't anything like dc like an hour from where i'm at but i was just in my hometown we did like a quick march so we were at the courthouse um and people were just getting getting on top uh speaking for however long this this truck this truck goes by and this old white guy in a passenger so he had a red hat i couldn't tell what the hat said but he had a red hat on uh just pulls out the window they stop and he just yells all lives matter like dude what the fuck are you here for like if all lives matter if all like <laughs> like you know it's like if, if all lives mattered you wouldn't feel the need to do that you you, you would agree and be with us <laughs> Right, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have, saw, you wouldn't have saw the protest. Probably stopped at Lowe's or something. Got a megaphone. Also, he had a megaphone. So, so of course he did. <laughs> you probably, you probably, you, like, like I really feel like he saw everything. Went to get a megaphone. It's like I really hope they're still here by the time I came back. Came back, got on the megaphone, and was yelling all lives matter. Then people started like getting up and trying to say something. Think about how much. So think about it even on this. Right, this is another level that I thought about it on to make it like really how stupid it all is right think about how much you have to hate somebody as a racist to do all this work right it's mad work bro it's mad work think about it right he's probably having a normal last day right he's gonna go get groceries come back home eat lunch you know what i mean and he's like wow look at all these people marching in the name of a black cause i'm so angry. let me go back to lowe's i gotta get a fucking <laughs> megaphone I'm, i i gotta drive back i gotta yell at these people i'm gonna take an hour out of my day now to delay everything that i was go- doing to go yell at these people because i can't stand this pro-black stance and then right but then like think about the cops bro it's mad work to kill somebody on camera beat the case which you know you're gonna beat that's mad work that's mad work. work right but they don't care but they don't care they don't care that's what I mean. Like it's it's such a it's such a barbaric and high level <laughs> amount of hate to like you are you don't understand like you're spending so much time and effort to go out of your way right. to do this. This isn't it's not even like they, they do it. There, there's the subtle racism, of course, but like for the people that can always get exposed, it's like bro, that's mad work. Like you're only spiting yourself here. 
Like, really, if you think about it, on multiple right. levels, it's silly. <laughs> it's actually amazing to see. It's just like, because it looks exhausting, like truly exhausting. Um, did you see the one video where the guy, uh, the lady had all uh, Black Lives Matter on the back of her car? And he stopped. It was a Japanese lady. Yeah, I saw that. And he came up to her door and he was like yelling at her and cursing her out. He called her a racist. He was like, oh, that's offensive. And she was like, what is so offensive? Like, like, you were so offended that you stopped what you were doing, got out of your car, walked up to her door so you could knock on it and yell at her. Like, why does the statement Black Lives... You would think the statement would hashtag Black Lives Matter more. Like, (laughs) we simply... Black Lives Matter and it upsets you that much to the point where you're running down at her door. Yeah. The, the wildest part is him calling her racist. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, like that, that is comedy to me. Like, but it's but it's always it's always that way. Like those right. the, those those are the guys. Like it's always those guys who are like the ones that you work with that don't say anything, and then it bubbles over one day and they snap and then go to their neighbor's house who's this little Japanese lady just to scream at her, right? Like. To me, that's it, it's almost funny, like how angry these people get. Like, why are you so? What happened to you? What like what ha- what happened to you? Like, I I don't know. So like like speaking, I, I haven't had like a great life, right? But like you know, I've gone through things. Like I've gotten arrested. They they've let me go. I've had community service. But like I get it. Like I should probably for things that happened, I probably shouldn't have gotten community service, but I did. It's like, right. so what are you angry about? Why <laughs> why, why why can't you just realize? Like what's happening here? I, d- I don't understand how that, that that they act like it makes them somehow inferior, like demasculated. Like, just just talk about what's happening. You know, this right. is how I've always been with everything. Just talk about what's happening. Talk about what's right in front of you. Just call a spade a spade. Right. And 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 as a black person, as black people, like we, like we're not we're we're not asking for much. We're really like saying saying that I matter. Like. That's, that's not asking for a lot. I'm not, I'm not asking to be the president of the United States. I'm not asking for all this power. I'm not asking for black people to rule the fucking world. Like, I'm just asking for you to see my life and, hey, this guy probably shouldn't get murdered. You, like, and then you have to think about, think about how exasperated you are and you have to explain such a simple take like that for exactly. years, for years. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's something that is like it's controversial right now. Like, like you have to, you have to justify that decision either, like either way you feel about it. It's like, it's, it's not, it's not that hard of a concept people, but it's 2020, right? 2020, <laughs> it's, like it's, it's 2020, bro. bro I was, I, I, moved, so I moved to, I moved to Connecticut from New York at what? 98, 99. And when I, you know, I get here and everybody's I'm taught about this great America, right? This is when you start learning all the information. I'm like nine, 10 years old. They start actually teaching me stuff. And like, again, they teach you it's like sunshine and rainbows. And it's like, it, it's not, it's just not, you know, you, you grow up and you see like, this stuff has always been the same. It's always right. been the same. And they, again, they like, they try to bury it, make it seem like it's so distant. It, and it's always been the same thing. It's just like, can you just stop, like mind, mind your business and stop killing us. It's, been a, it's a simple ask, right? It's a simple ask. Simple ask. Simple ask. Like he said, we're not asking to be president. We're not, we're not asking for reparations. Just don't kill me. Like, you know, I have a lot of things that I want to do in my life. I had a pretty cool year this year. Like, I would like to look forward to things. I feel like I deserve that, you know? And it's not, I don't, as a human being, I simply can't relate to it. I can't understand it. I can't meet them anywhere on not being able to say my life at least matters. 
Right. Like that's that, that's the bare minimum. Like that's it. Like and because they don't. There's certain things I don't expect certain people to understand. Like if your reality isn't that every time this happens, you feel like they're closer to killing you. I get it. That's not your reality. You can't feel that sentiment. Sure. I feel like you should be able to like understand that sentiment for us, but you can't feel it. But saying our life matters, like that shouldn't be something that you can't meet us on. Like that's it. I just, I want to, and I, I want it to be where if somebody does put a knee on my neck on camera for nine minutes that he goes to jail and that everybody agrees that he's supposed to. I, I don't, I don't see how they, and it's funny because they didn't say anything about the original crime. There's a lot of people like the Mark Dice guy or like Tommy Lauren or all those horrible people. I went on their accounts. Some of the senators that came out and spoke, I went on their accounts when they said things about the riots and stuff like that. And I scrolled back for days and there were no tweets about the original injustice, nothing. They don't say anything. And then they t- say, oh, the flag, blah, blah, blah. So like like you said, Colin Kaepernick, every interview from the first interview to this day, it was about police brutality. They didn't hear you. They didn't hear him. So then we complain about it for four years, five years, six years, 50 years. And then we get to this point and we're protesting. And now it's, oh, there's another way. There's other ways. You didn't listen to anything. <laughs> like, and my favorite part about that, too, is... Like violent rioting is as American as it gets. Like, do did we ignore how this country was founded? <laughs> All we did was brutally riot until people listened, and we finally got our way. We were at our independence. Like that, that's America. We killed and rioted forever until it became this way. That that's that's America. So like, when you see all fifty states rioting and protesting. That is America. That is as American as it gets. Whether you agree or disagree or like or don't like what we did to get here, because I sure as hell don't like how we got here. But like that's as American as it gets. So again, you can't stand here and say it's anti-American. Right. And also, you have to protest a system that is wrong because you wouldn't be protesting a system that is right. So basically standing with the side of the anti-protesters is again silly. Just it's just to me, it's it's just a lot, just a lot of stupid, needless layers, man. Right. Right. Um, it's because like and that's the thing, they people are so tone deaf they don't even see that because like you said, it's very American. All fifty states are doing it. So what side of history are you choosing to be on? Like you're choosing to be on the bad side of history because in my history book, the Boston Tea Party was celebrated. And aren't we saluting the Heroes. flag and the values and all that stuff? Like, isn't that, you know, like those are one of the things you want us to stand for when the anthem is playing. But now it's not American to the, the goalposts. It just, yeah. <laughs> but, but I don't know. To me, it's always like it, they make it very clear because it's not American when like black people do it, right? And think, think about how clear that message is. It's not yeah. American when, when black people have a cause or something that they want to say. And it's always something like, again, that doesn't, shouldn't even need to be explained you know that's what bothers me it's like just at the end of the day like if you are pro-country then these are people in our country and that means that we have to support each other and we have communities that we need to support and the police are there to support those communities and nothing more like that's how that's the theory that they sell you that we never get so it'd be nice if we you know got that for once just just one time you know just just see how it works out like get back to actually policing a community which means walking around and checking in on businesses and making sure things are good and not finding things that are terrible or thinking you found a murderer driving down the street because the windows are tinted, you know, like 
Stop just, creating the crime. Just, just, just enough, man. Just do, do less work. We're almost asking you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a sense, yeah. Like, if 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 people were to just in in the system were to just have have connections with with people that don't look like them, uh, just like you said, stop into their stores, just check and see how things are doing. Just build some sort of connection where if you see somebody that looks that doesn't look like you, you're freaked out for no reason just all like it, it it's a simple test just communicate with people just build some sort of relationship with camaraderie around the people around your area and things like this won't happen then if people do if people are murderers do your job you know what i'm saying but if people are innocent and unarmed come on now what are we talking about seems seems simple that's that's the whole topic of this conversation it seems simple because it is simple and uh that's why we're not going to stop anymore. And that's why they're going to keep seeing us and hearing us and just make the changes, man. Just make the changes. It's very simple. Every, they have the power to do it. You know, these cops and these governors and mayors that show up to these protests, just sit and nod all the time. Stop nodding, bro. Like you got the power to go do, you get paid to be in office to go figure out the answer to what we're bitching about. Right. So go get to work, man. Like, I'm glad you're nodding and you're present, but like, you know that they're going to disappear after this, like go get to work or we're going to, we're going to find you. We're going to find you and bother you again. And we're going to be back. If you don't do it now, next time it's going to be twice as worse. That's it. It's not just, it's not just voting. Like voting's great, right? But they always tell us to vote because then six months from now, half the people aren't going to be as fired up or you've exhausted us with different media or uh, PD, uh, police suppression tactics, right? But just listen, bro. Just like, just one time, just one time. Let's make it just very easy for everybody. Let's all agree murder is probably really bad and anyone who does the murder is going to go to jail forever. Forever. At least one lifetime, right? At least one lifetime. Two, because probably. Two would be good. Two would be good. Three, three makes me feel better, but at least <laughs> one guaranteed lifetime in there, and then we, we can get somewhere. But I just feel like if, if they don't at least agree to, agree to that, that to me, like if, if you want to talk about like criminal justice and reform, like you got to start there. Like the worst thing that these police do that they get caught doing, you, you string them out the jar, you make examples out of them, and it's extreme. That's it. If we start there, then I can start to believe in good faith that you're going to meet me halfway. But if you can't even agree with me there, that that there needs to be a hard line, zero tolerance, no excuses. So it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. And I feel like I don't want to, you know, we can't just keep marching to these politicians that aren't actually going to do something about it. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if it doesn't happen now, people are right. You see how angry. 50 states have never protested at the same time before. Think about that. Like, really think about that. It's never happened. So That's crazy. we're going to keep getting angry, bro. We're going to, we're going to keep, we're an angry people. This is an angry, people forget too. America is this like illusion of like the land of the free. We are the most violent country in the world and the most violent country in the world. All their citizens are angry and protesting and revolting. You know what I mean? Like put two and two together for once. If you're a politician, put two and two together. You, you should be afraid of things. You, you should be afraid of you not doing your job and you should probably start doing it. That's all we're asking here. Just do your job. That's it. And the thing is, like you said, it does get, for them, it gets worse. Like for us, it gets better, but like, they don't want us asking for more things. Like really, it's just let my life matter, please put the cop in jail, but then you don't do that. So, okay, now let's talk about the system and the way that it's set up and that it keeps like perpetuating the same things. And now you're going to have to change more things because you didn't address what you had to address. So now we're addressing everything because it's gone on for too long and you won't even give us the bare minimum of letting our life matter when it were murdered on camera. 
So let's discuss it all. Now, because now, even when the car gets charged, I'm not done, personally. I mean, I, and, you know, I'm not outside protesting, personally. You know, um, I'm just, I, I'm really, like, my mother would be really upset if I got coronavirus. Like, I, I always think about that. So there's, like, a lot of people outside. I'm not sure about the things yet, so I just stay home. But, like, you know, I try to help. I uh, sign petitions. You know, I like to donate to. I write. I try to share my things and use my platforms or whatever. And it's, like, I know <laughs> I'm not going to stop. I know the people. Mm-hmm. In fairness to you, you're also in Florida, bro. Yes, yes, it's different. Right. Right. <laughs> like, like I, I just want to make that clear to people on the podcast. Like, like Sean is, Sean is in Florida, where all the COVID is, is like I think on top of where all the Florida men are. Like, you know, like that, that's where Sean lives. So when, when Sean is telling you he doesn't want to go outside and protest, uh, it's different than like if Kyle and he in the New York area was like, ah, I'm not going to go protest. Like, <laughs> like I, I keep seeing the data numbers for COVID in Florida and it's not good. So you're doing a good job, Sean. You're doing a very, very, very safe. Yeah. I go to work. I go home. <laughs> right. But yeah, like we're not going to stop. Like even after he gets charged, like, and hopefully, they, hopefully they really charge him. If they, if he gets off, it'll be ridiculous. But after he gets charged, like we want, there's more that needs to be done. Now we need the Breonna, we need Breonna Taylor's murderers to be convicted like, every, like it's all coming up now because this is ridiculous and it's boiled over. Right. I think, like, just, just like the first part you said about um, going on and how the politicians and all that stuff, they have more, they have more tasks now. It's, like, it could have easily been avoided if we just listened the first time and then now you guys kind of put yourself in a position where you guys have to go down the rabbit hole of a whole lot more things like like the protesting and the looting, well not the protesting the looting and all that stuff everything after this going forward it's if you listen before you kind of would have put yourself in a lot better position but it, it is what it is and i'm glad people are finally listening it's great it's, it's great all 50 states are, are protesting that's 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 my that's mind-blowing that for for the vast majority, not not everybody obviously, but the vast majority are feeling the same way. Which this, I don't, I don't, I've never felt that way. I don't know, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody else, but for this topic, I've never felt that everybody around the world has sort of kind of had the same sort of feelings. So that's well, I I agree because a lot of white people ignore it. So right. I feel like a lot more are starting to wake up now. But uh, I mean. The, the overwhelming majority ignores it, right? right. So we're, we're mostly just tapping into however many white people we can awaken every outrage is, is kind of, because the way I'm thinking about it is like 20, like the, I can remember exactly where I was every one of these incidents that have happened this last decade. Like yeah. when, the, when the Trayvon Martin stuff happened, I was working as a full-time maintenance person. And I remember being very angry about it then but obviously I, I wasn't anybody with the platform at the time so it was like i just go back about my business being angry kind of privately and i was like well that's it's annoying right then a few years later we had the mike brown and ferguson incident and then that was an election year right so everyone was fired up and i remember like hillary saying we need criminal reform and this and that and you know um it sounds great and we're in election year again and everyone's gonna say and do a lot of things but you know you didn't do anything the last time. So while the big riots were kind of limited to being down South last time or in a couple hot spots, mm-hmm. you know, you're seeing it again now where it's like, not only we're angry about this one, but we're also super angry about all the other ones that you guys missed so much. So 
that slowly the FBI is like working their way into reopening things, which to me bothers me even more because it's like, so, so you know we're angry of all these cases and you're still like, all right, well, after a week we'll reopen one. After a week we'll reopen another maybe. Like, you know what we're asking for. It's like this, they always got to delay the inevitable. It's like, this is why people are angry. And this is why whenever this dies down, the next time it inevitably pops up, it's going to be even worse. And the reason I keep saying that is like, the gravity of 50 states protesting and some rioting and police like going to war with those like citizens, like that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Very. And I don't think people realize, like that's a big deal. Like think about all these cops that have been fighting like animals in the streets. Animals, they've been out of control. And they're going to have to go back to their normal shifts. Bunch of thugs. B- bunch of thugs. And they're going to have to go back to the, their shifts, right? And you're going to tell me these aren't going to start harassing people? They're not going to hold a vendetta against the, I mean, like in, in New York specifically, right? I mean, they have flooded the streets of New York. They are furious, right? And the police are fighting them every day. You mean to tell me that they're going to police their citizens safely now? I, I mean, like, what? It, to me, it just feels like a either you change or you have all the same bad cops even angrier now it's like we're set we're setting ourselves up for like a a really explosive situation the next time which is why i think it's in everybody's best interest especially the government to just make those choices easy but we'll see i read uh i read something i don't i don't know if it's true i saw on twitter that uh, a lot of nypd uh people like are graduating early from from their training and just like hopping on to like hopping on to the force and if that's true that's that's definitely not gonna be helping but that's like, one of those i like that you had to say graduating early as though there's already <laughs> extensive <laughs> right, uh, right. Tra- training and education that goes into po- being a policeman <laughs> and think about like they expedited that like it was already it was already an early graduation you know and and it's even faster now. So it's basically like drive-through applications, I assume. Like, yeah, I was about to say, they have the application, they have the application like you're a 15-year-old at a retail store or something like that. Oh, you're hired. We need people. Can, so you, just, can you just start start working? We'll do orientation on the weekend. It's not a big deal. Like, I don't know. To me, it's very silly. Um, I, oh, I did think of a Nick's note quickly. Okay. okay. Last time we did the podcast, we weren't sure if Dur- uh, Dolan was going to make a statement. So since then, so for the Knicks fans, if you've made it to this portion of the podcast, uh, we do have Knicks news. Uh, so the only Knicks thing I will say, and this is still on the same note, is that uh, I've seen a lot of people arguing that which the correct point of uh, silence is complicity, because of course it is. And in the same breath, they've also been Knicks fans saying, well, Dolan doesn't need to say anything. What's it going to change? Uh, well, nothing. Of course, we know he's full of shit. Of course, it's going to change nothing. So I already concede that point to you. However, it matters. And in, in, first of all, just the general ideology of what we're saying, like everybody right now is speaking up or not. And the people that aren't are looked at a certain way. And then when you kind of make excuses for why you can't make a statement when you're James Dolan, when you sort of only make statements, that's the only thing he does consistently is put out statements <laughs> Uh, and they usually are about nothing, like Richard Jefferson saying that the Knicks wanted to sign him, but he, but that didn't happen, right? So we had to have a whole statement for that. Uh, but to say the cops murdering people is wrong, James Dolan now feels uncomfortable making the statement. Uh, we don't need to do that. 
guys, we don't need to do the defending of billionaires. Uh, we don't need to do the defending of billionaires that especially don't pay us. Uh, so I don't know why we, we do this thing with them, but it matters to people. And if it doesn't matter to you, that's fine. But it matters to the players and it matters to the staff. I know this because I've spoken to some people, uh, whether it's players of other teams or not. And it matters. You know, we see the athletes that speak up about it. Like CJ's thrilled that Portland took a stand and whatever, right? They want to see that because they want to be part of an organization like that. So whether or not you think it's important that James Dolan, of course, he's not going to change. He's an, he's an idiot. He's a bumbling idiot. He's not going to say anything, right? But it matters because now think about how many people are seeing the Knicks not put out a statement. New York City, New York City can't put out a statement right now with all of their police brutality issues. The team that represents New York can't be like, hey, man, this shit is bad. And then people don't wonder, and then people want to know why we're not going to sign someone in 2020 or 2021 or 2025. Why would you sign here? The owner is, is complicit in his silence, right? He says in his email that get leaked, racism is bad, but just can't put a statement out. It's bad. It's not bad enough. I can't make a statement. I don't know. Who can say? Racism is bad, but I'm too afraid to tell the people that. <laughs> uh, you know, well, well, what's one statement going to do? I can't put that out. I mean, it's, you know what I'm, the, the only time he's ever second guessed a statement is right now. It, it's very silly. Right. Right. Out of all times. And, and just like, just like you said, like it might not mean anything to us as fans or just the people watching basketball, but I'm sure, I'm sure the staff members, the coaches, the players, I'm sure they would have loved to hear that. Just, just, just to know that, okay, I feel supported. Well, it's already been reported. I think Pablo Torre reported that players and staffers, both of MSG and the Knicks, were not happy. In fact, were angry that he didn't say anything. So he wrote one email about it, and then he wrote another email when they were even angrier, still not doing a statement, but doubling down on why he's not doing a statement. So I, I don't think people are really realizing that. And, and I know certain employers, for example, like, uh, you know, Whistle's actually been pretty good about making us feel like, if you got something to say, you can just say it and not feel like we're going to jump down your throat about it. Like, so I just don't know why you, you can normally tell what people's actions or intentions are, I guess. Like James Dolan kind of saying that is like, I get you guys are angry, but you know, for, for this, I don't know. Like that, that's to me, like that's all you need to know. And mm-hmm. people don't do things for no reason. If you really cared the racism was bad, like if you really cared about the things he said in his little leaked email, right? Like maybe you actually say something as one of the more influential people in New York, like it or not. Maybe, maybe. But again, doesn't See, mean anything my, because because Nick's and you got to back him up. He he finds a way to like disappoint me even when I don't expect anything. And that's what's so frustrating. It's like I wasn't expecting anything from James Dolan. I wasn't wondering what he was thinking. I wasn't like, you know, there. So I didn't need to hear from him personally, even if he didn't want to do it. Like there could have been a video of like, you know, a couple of different players saying like, you know, that they like, you know, five second clip, you know, I'd like to rest in peace, George Floyd, anything, whatever. And you could have put it together with, you know, New York forever at the end. Like they do everything. We, there's no Jay Latina. There's pride, you know, pride month. There's things for that. So it's like you're never hesitant to support anything else. So, yeah, it's frustrating. It's actually more frustrating than I allow myself to initially see it as because I didn't want it. I, I, I try a lot, me personally, to separate the Knicks as a brand from James Dolan because I love the Knicks. 
And a lot of times people are like, oh, how can you support them when you're putting money in James Dolan's pocket? It's like, bro, I'm not going to stop being an Knicks fan because I don't like James Dolan. It's not going to happen. So I try to separate that. And But, yeah, it is annoying that, you know, my favorite team. And, you know, yeah, I'm sure for R.J. Barrett or Frank or Manager Julius or any of them, it's just like if my employer was, like, silent when, when the rest of the people were saying things and the only thing you did say is that you can't say anything, then, yeah, that's an issue. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's it sucks. It sucks. I just don't know why we always get it. This is sort of what I mean, though, like when we talk about the bigger issues, like pr- police brutality, of course, is wrong and we need to fix that. The whole criminal justice system, we need to fix that. You know, we need to not just reform, but a lot of abolishing and, and sort of rebuilding needs to happen. But I just feel like for stuff like this, th- these are like easy things for you to do and not fuck up. Like, like you, you run a sports team. You're a billionaire who runs a sports team in his spare time. The least you could do is put out a statement. Even even if you didn't mean it, right? Like you just know that. All right, this isn't the time. It's not about me and, and what I think is or isn't important. The, the people that I have employed and empowered, and not for nothing, but sort of backhanded a compliment for him here. But like he's employed a lot of black people. Mm-hmm. He's empowered a lot in the front. No matter, not even talking about the jobs that they've done, whether it's been good or bad for the Knicks. But he has hired people who are black to come work there, right? So like, good for him. But then. Why would you do that? And then when you need to make a statement, knowing what's going to happen, it's, 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 to me, it's those little systematic types of racism that people got to realize. Like, that is racism. It's a form of racism. It's a form of, well, your needs aren't really that important. But like Sean said, we're going to have fun, you know, Latina heritage, night, you know, Latina heritage nights and Nueva York. And, uh, all the, and those things are good. But why, why does one always need to be left out? Is always it's always the same question right. in 2020. So just yeah, it, it, it's it's frustrating. Uh, and it's crazy. I'm sorry to cut you off, but don't we play like every year on Martin Luther King Day? Every year. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tone it's it's tone deaf. It's tone deaf. <laughs> Complete, com- completely missing the point, and you're only thinking about yourself. This, the same, it's, it's pretty much the same thing with Drew Brees. Like, Drew Brees acted like his grandparents were the only two people in military history. Like, but just like people like that, like, you're just missing the point. And like you said, you've, you've, hi- you've, hired, you've hired so many people of color, black people. Your general management is black right now. Your head coach at the start of the season was black. Uh, most most of the team is black just think about think about the people you're employing like it doesn't always have to be you and your straight shots album you're trying to make or whatever like think about others just just one time it's it, again it, <laughs> it, it, i really i do feel like crazy like i used to think you know growing up like when people had to take hard political stands they were always made out to seem radical right it always seemed like wow, like, why doesn't he just go along with what everybody else is doing? And right. it feels like, and it felt like all those asks used to seem so big and important at first that you'd be like, I kind of get it, but good for that guy for speaking up because nobody else really is. And it feels like we, we've dumbed it down to the point now where all the asks are so simple. The, the asks are always so simple and they pretend everything is like, it's so hard for reason. It's like, hey, stop killing us. It's like, I don't even know where to begin on this are problem. You, are how, you, how do, hold, hold up, look, like, you want us to stop killing people? <laughs> well, hold on. Let us let us take three to four years to even consider this idea. We're gonna. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's like what? And then we get like to the point where we're sitting. There, it's like all right. Well, maybe you should make a statement for you know the mostly 
you know, black and, and colored work staff that you've right. built around yourself. Maybe that makes sense. Maybe you, the king right. of statements, right. should make a statement. Maybe you cops should stop murdering people because you're usually putting away murderers or that's what your job is, right? It just feels like we live in a, like up is down now. We live in a crazy world where like the simple needs to be explained on an hour long podcast. Like, <laughs> right. Like, just, just listen, <laughs> just listen. If you guys listen to, like they said about the peaceful protest, right? To circle back to the beginning. If you listen in the beginning, when Kaepernick, when you asked him directly, is it about the flag? And he said, no, it's, it's police brutality. If you just actually listen to the quote that came out of his mouth, maybe we don't have this problem. But instead, which, here we are, four years later, just as angry again. Which, which the idea he got was from, a, was from somebody in the military. Yep. Like that, that's that, like, so, so it, all, it all comes first, full circle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but, but yeah, it, of course, we're disrespecting our troops despite the troops telling him how to do the protest in the beginning. It's... This is this is America, man. We we live in a, it. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, and then we have to pretend like it makes sense every day, and we're tired of it. So, I would think uh, that's but a. Oh, you know ahead. what's craziest? It's like they never listen from the beginning. But part of that is because a very loud voice got up there and was like, "Oh, he's disrespecting our troops." That sob, and it's the president, like the. The president got up on the podium and just, you know, yelled that and they ran with it for years and never looked back. And he just, he's a very toxic individual. Like he, when he's standing up there saying when a looting starts, a shooting starts and deploying the military, I'm just like, yo, he's like enforcing a 9 p.m. curfew and deploying the military to the streets at the citizens. And they're yelling and supporting him, which is nuts because these same people couldn't be oppressed at all. Like they were cutting holes in their masks and doing squats outside of city hall so they right. like, cuz they couldn't go to the gym and now these same people are okay with the 9 o'clock curfew and the military marching through the streets and it's just like you have like you know you don't stand for anything like you just continue to move your goalposts move, like there's you have no value they stand for isolated white comfort is what they stand for they they want to be re- totally removed from any problems or protests or issues of any kind that don't pertain to white people. They, they, they only want to, they, they, when it's, when it's about Spanish people and immigrants or they don't want to hear it, they, they keep them out. We don't want to deal with it. Just get them out of here. Just get them out of my, I don't care how you do it. Get them out. Keep them in cages. Don't care. Don't care. We don't want to see it. You know, we're protesting because of black people getting murdered, right? Don't care. All lives matter. Don't want to see it. Don't care. Don't want to see it. It's this intentional, willful ignorance and stupidity so that they could just go back to their homes, their white families, and that's all that they see and that's all that they want to see. And it's a silent and lethal form of racism. It, it just is, man. And people can't, you just got to call things out, man. And I, I like that we're at a spot now where employers and things like that are getting called out. Like, you're, you're with us or you're not, man. We're not the ones that are crazy or radical. Uh, you're either against a very basic humanitarian stance or you're not. And if you're not, it's going to start hurting and we're going to start hitting pockets and that's already started to happen. And I like that. And, uh, you know, for the first, like Aaron said at the beginning, like I wouldn't say I'm hopeful because this is a country that's largely dark and, and reminds us that even when we're hopeful, bad things happen, but it is encouraging to see this many people angry and fighting back and actually getting things done, not just screaming and shouting and tweeting and posting uh, people are actually out in the streets and, and getting things to actually change. And that's the beginning of it. So it is a little bit encouraging, uh, at least in the beginning. Uh, a little bit. Right. I, <laughs> right. I think a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. 
there's like this kind of work frame of mind I put myself in to kind of like stay okay during this time because the world is nuts. But I think it's more than a little bit encouraging because I look at it for what it is. Like we're currently living through like the biggest civil rights moment in history. Like all 50 states are protesting. Like there's a lot going on. And I look at it like, okay, on a spectrum sort of. Like you said, where in school they made it seem like it was so long ago, but then you realize it was like 40 years ago. So it's like 40 years, well, not, you know, in 1980 was like, but 40 years ago, 50 years ago, there were things that black people went through on a day-to-day basis that I've never dealt with in my life personally. And although we have a long way to go, I feel like because of what's happening right now, there's things that my kids will never deal with. And I'm really grateful for that. Like, you know, so... I try to be as positive as possible. I don't know. <laughs> you just got to keep, keep fighting. And, you know, most of all, if you can't protest, uh, protest like Sean said, make sure you're supporting, uh, whether that's with your wallet, with your platform, however you can. Um, you know, I encourage you to protest safely. I think uh, if you can physically be there, you should. If you live in Florida, like Sean, uh, avoid COVID and just stay home. Uh, let, let the Florida men out there deal with it. But, um, you know, that being said, I think, you know, the next – thing though is kind of that economic shift uh, i think starting to make sure we're prudent about spending towards black businesses is something that's probably long overdue uh, i know a lot of people probably have been supporting and that's great but i just think like as a country this needs to go from like a niche little thing to like that's where you know why are we making the walmarts richer like these are corporations that generally work with politicians you know so i think people are starting to wake up to like the broader connection to things and realizing like, all right, like mm-hmm. this isn't just a my town or my city thing. This is like a nationwide thing. We got to start supporting like our own across the nation. And I'm seeing a lot of that with bail funds and links and threads and people pushing different businesses and fund uh, foundations and things like that. So it's, it's, it's the start. And that's why like, I'm hopeful, but it's, it's always a matter of maintaining and consistency. And if we have those things then I'm hopeful that we could win in the long run. Right. But you know, it's going to take everybody. It's going to take more than the people we have right now. And it's going to take the same amount of people we have right now, if not more, making a consistent effort every day. So I like what I'm seeing so far with people waking it up, but we need a lot of it. And this needs to, you know, not just next week, this needs to be next month and next year and forever, really. So that's all I was about to say. Consistency has to be the key right now. It can't be, it can't, you can't be supportive now and in, being an activist now and then two weeks from now you're not doing anything and you're not even trying to associate you're going back to not associating yourself with black people and doing all that but like it has to be consistent that's that's the only way we're going to move forward if if it's how you feel every day for the rest of your life and continue to to communicate with that with the people around you the people you're raising the people who you look up to the people next door to you all of that like it it has to be consistent yeah and so at the protest yesterday, um, this black woman comes up and she's speaking. And I remember she, like to us, the white people in the crowd, she said, you know, well, where where were you guys before? Like, what were, what were you doing before? Like, it's great that you're here, but what were you doing before? Right. And then she like pointed to one white woman and had her come up and was like, like come explain yourself then. Like, and she's like stumbling a little bit, fumbling around. She's like, uh, you know, I think it's wrong. She's like, okay, but you think it's wrong, but then what? You think, but, but then what, like, what are you going to do? Like, it's easy to come here and be angry because everyone should be, but what are you going to do? It's like, so that, that's what everyone has to keep in mind. Like it, you should be outraged. Of course. Like if you're, if you're angry about it, that's great. Like, but this, like, you know, 
it's got to be consistent. It's got to be you educating yourself every day. You can't just forget about it next week or because you want to march again, you know, a couple months from now. So exactly. we'll see. I'm often skeptical of the American population, but I, we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually too optimistic, clearly, as we remember from the preseason. <laughs> I, would lo- I would have loved to have you here during the Derrick Rose season, bro. That was the first year we did everything, like, really full-time, and I would have loved to have you come in fresh off the Super T, uh, Super T Derrick Rose Super takes. F- 55 wins, you would have, I-, I guarantee you would have said 55 wins, guarantee I I was I'm not gonna lie I was excited because I thought that Joe Kim Noah was like functional still. So, <laughs> you, I, poor, I, you poor soul. Yeah, I was like, I mean, he's a good defensive center. He can pass. Yeah. That's what I was like. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, Sean. I was like, yeah, he got overpaid, but like he doesn't have to do too much anymore. Like like I thought I thought the bare minimum of what he needed to do, he would have gonna be able to do that. Then, exactly. <laughs> So, and then and then they had that they had that one like winning streak they beat Portland I think it was and there was like maybe three or four games in a row and they were in the playoffs but really the playoff teams weren't even playing that well so they were I, I think I think they're like five or six at that point I was like all right bet like if we keep playing like this we're at least a three seed like <laughs> so but fun, and then fun. it crumbled on Christmas <laughs> so so fun, fun fact about that so they actually started I think it was either 12 and four or was like 14. It was like something they got off to a strong start. It was like, I think for the first quarter of the season, they were like 14 and 10 or something. They, they were actually like a, a solid team. Right. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And I remember in that win streak that you just brought up, Aaron, uh, they had beat the Grizzlies. And I remember uh, Noah was actually hundred percent healthy against the Grizzlies. A hundred, like playing like a hundred percent healthy Noah. And Courtney Lee was also playing and they were like a terror. Like they were trapping in the pick and roll teams were picking and rolling and like Courtney Lee and Joe Kino were swarming and trapping. And it was, a, it was phenomenal. I was like, wow. I was like, all he has to be is like 70% of himself out there, like right. 70%. And I can live with this. Deal. And I watch, and I, that was, I remember specifically it was the Grizzlies game. I can, I, I bet you I could find that play too. Cause I remember I clipped it that night when I was working the game, but they did that. And I was like, wow, man, maybe this can work. I, I was down on this. Th- I was like, maybe I'm the idiot for once. Maybe I was too low on this team. And then, like, the rest of the season happened. And I was like, ah, there it is. <laughs> I remember that Grizzlies game. When Derrick Rose hit Mike Conley with that double crossover, I thought we were going to the playoffs. He, look, man, everybody looked really, really good and healthy. <laughs> Melo had surgery the year – like, I think people forget, too. Melo had surgery in 14-15, right? So, 15-16, he came back and wasn't quite himself. He had a knee injury, right? A mm-hmm. knee thing. 15-16, he was, he was still very good. Better yeah. than better than 14-15, but – you know, still recovering, right? So 16, 17, I was like, all right, he's back. Hopefully he's healthy now. He's finally got some help. They started winning some games. And I was like, wow. I was like, Kyle, for once, like, you're the idiot. Like, you're always pessimistic. For once, they got you. The optimist finally got you. And then inevitably, like, Derrick Rose disappears. Joakim Noah falls apart. The suspension happens. He's partying all the time. Like, I've, I've never – like, every time, bro. Like, they find new ways to surprise you every single time. Even when you didn't believe it in the first place, they rope you back in and then chop you down at the knees. Also, Brandon Jennings here too, right? Oh, my goodness. Brandon Jennings off the bench here. Yeah, I thought that team was going to be good. That's, I'm not going to lie. I thought Brandon, Brandon Jennings was going to be six-man of the year. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. We, like, when we have Brandon Jennings, I remember for, I remember for like, three, like, three days in the, in the offseason, like, after we got Joe Kim, after D-Rose, there was, like, a – 
three or four, at least it felt like it, day thing where we're kind of waiting on Courtney Lee. So the whole time, like, <laughs> in, in like every Knicks fan's heads were like, all right, we get, if we get Courtney Lee, we like, not that Courtney Lee didn't, wasn't a terrible, was a terrible player on the Knicks, but it's just, it's just funny that like, we're just banking on Courtney Lee. I remember I was driving, I got, I got the notification, like I was, I turned off all my music. I was like, we're going to fucking play. Like, I like looking back at it. It's like, all right. I actually, the, we, we, you know, Zoom's limiting us here. So we have four minutes to tie this up and then do our hasty outro here. But the last thing I was going to say was, um, I agree, actually. So, like, when first took – I hate Phil now, right? But when Phil first took over, I remember thinking, like, oh, he signed Robin Lopez. I was like, he signed Aaron Aflalo. I was like, some that va- – because all, all we were asking for is kind of the same thing we're asking for now. Like, can, we're not asking for stars. Can you just sign, like, good, smart basketball players well, to play here? Players, right. So, so he did that with Noah, right? Because even though he was injured, he – very smart basketball player. Mm. Very smart basketball – inexplicable, you know, indisputable. So – yeah. I figured like the Courtney Lee thing was in the same vein. I, th- I thought he had a theme, right? He got Robin Lopez the year before. He was targeting smart players. I felt kind of confident about it, to be quite honest with you, until things kind of went wayward. But, uh, you know, that, that's what happens here. The Derrick Rose thing, I, at first I didn't like it. I talked to Chris Herring afterwards, and, and he was just like, look, I just think this is like Melo's last stand in New York, for better or for worse, like the next couple of years. Uh, we didn't know that was going to be the last season yet, but they're like, they wanted to get him some help basically to like give him that last chance. Like at least say they were like, okay, well, we got you Derek Rose. Like, right. Right. And at that time, like, I know we want to look back and say he was God awful. Like he did give you 18, five and five. I was saying this, I was saying this during the season. I was like, you, you could be angry. A lot of point guards don't play great defense and he's giving you 18, five and five. It's not great, but they often pointed to him as the root of the problem. And it was kind of silly. We always knew the kind of guard he was. Right. It was actually pretty good. But, and, and he wasn't like I feel like he would have been better if we weren't in the triangle. It, it was a strange like, system. Not, it was a strange system. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't let him and play, especially for his strengths. Yeah, it wasn't really like a downhill open style of basketball. It was like bring the ball up quickly and then get into the offense and then try to find a lane, which is counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Like, so, have well, we going with the heavy pick and roll system with him and KP? I feel like that would have been a much different. Ah, game. Sean, welcome to Nick's Fandom 101, my friend. We always want the pick and roll. Oh, the unspoken words. Me- Me- oh. Melo and Amari, uh, when that came together in 2011, we're like, wow, make Melo the ball handler. Pick and he can always, we've seen Melo make those passes a thousand times, one handed passes, right? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do in a Melo Amari pick and roll? Nothing. You're going to, nothing. You're going to get fried, right? But we never saw it. Uh, we never see the pick and rolls that we want. Never, never. No matter no matter what the pairing is, we never see it. It never comes. <laughs> they, they, they will do the other passes, the other offense. We don't get the fun open pick and roll offense. I've, I've now noticed this after a decade of like going to the modern basketball. We never get that. But what I will, Mike Woodson gave it to us for a year with Melo and Tyson Chandler. Yes, but we have less than a minute. I'm going to do a hasty outro. Uh, we're going to come here, you know, crash landing here, but. Thank you for a very important episode of the TKW podcast. Uh, make sure you are subscribed and leave us a five-star review. Uh, I want to thank Sean and Aaron for coming on and having an important conversation with us today. Um, make sure you're following these guys at their handles. If you guys want to spell those out real quickly. That's at I hate Sean. I hate S H A U N. Underscore underscore. You see it. Y O U S E E I T. Please follow them, especially Aaron, who it's criminal more people don't follow him. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite 
favorite follows on seriously um so yeah make sure you're following the knicks well uh stay tuned over the next 10 months without knicks basketball we don't know what we're doing yet either uh we will figure it out and get back to you guys it's going to be a strange ride let's enjoy uh basketball in a couple of months anyway and remember to get out there be angry protest be in the streets and uh actually donate and make a difference but uh that's about it take it easy guys adios Thank you.